After a firefight, they killed Welcome to Forecast Roundtable, Forecast International's podcast on worldwide defense and aerospace markets. This is Huma Siddiqui, senior correspondent for the Financial Express. I'm here with Dan Darling, international military markets analyst at Forecast International. For today's podcast, we'll be discussing the Indian defense environment. So, uh, t- uh, talking about Russia, I have a question. How would becoming self-reliant affect India's relationship with Russia? Um, well, they've had a deep uh, defense relationship for a long time, as you know. I, the need to reduce imports has been a f- uh, central plank in Indian defense industrial policy since about the mid-1990s, ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union. So I think Russia is well aware of India's intentions to wean itself off imports, but they've also seen very little progress on the Indian side over the past two, three decades in doing so. So down the line, I, I think the Russians would look to do more joint work with India to, um, there's just, a, their economy is a scale on both ends. The, the Russians need um, the Indian capital and the Indians need the Russian technological know-how that it, it most uh, startup defense industrial nations require time to absorb. So there's still there's still a lot that the two sides can give each other, but um, we'll have to see how that evolves as India becomes more and more a self-reliant defense nation, which, again, we aren't at that point yet. Um, India's always been very careful not to be fall under the sway of one country or another, and the U.S. is trying to deepen relations with India right now, but they cannot fool themselves that India will become a close ally. India will always be independent. That's always been their um, foreign policy focus. Yeah, and that's the way we function well. We Very don't well. want to, you know, sort of cozy up sure. to one person and get trapped in a situation. Right. They see themselves as a rising world power, and if nothing else, at least a, a, a regional power, and deservedly so. And so deepened alliances aren't in their interest. I mean, let's not forget the time when uh, America imposed sanctions on us, you know. I mean, that was a bad time. And India right. has come out of it by its sheer willpower. India came out of it, and with the support of many other countries, we managed to get over that, you know, period. So, <laughs> and that's an interesting thing. Uh, so, I have another question. What are some of the factors behind a successful Indian industrial growth plan? And what are some of the barriers? Well, uh, bureaucratic um, hoops is, is definitely a barrier. Um, but I think increasing R&D, um, tapping into India's science and engineering uh, talent um, and, it, and bringing that into the defense industry more and more would, would be one way of 
moving the defense industry forward. Uh, another is to um, allow for greater FDI into foreign direct investment into India's defense sector. I, as we've discussed, there's no question that many, many foreign vendors, large foreign vendors, are quite interested in in penetrating that market and deepening their uh, their ties within that market. So um, the government should be doing what it can to facilitate that. And those would all go a long way towards aiding the growth of, of what could become a very dominant defense industry in, in several decades. I just wanted to, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I just want to add something here. The government has been actually uh, mulling on setting up special defense economic zones so that, you know, they can take a, a, I'm actually working on a story on this and that they will, you know, on case to case basis on the kind of technology the company would like to give to India, we might give them uh, you know, we might raise the cap to hundred percent. Yeah, I've I've heard that there were special select cases that they would begin to consider, and and that I think would generate great interest from uh, Western industrials and Russia, so and Israel, basically all the leading. Um, defense industrial nations. Uh, I've left out. Japan is becoming, now that they're allowed to export, they're, they're, they are ready to enter the fray. And South Korea and Singapore have, are becoming larger and larger defense exporters. So there's, there's, there will be a line at the door um, to get it, be on the ground floor of this kind of an initiative. But the government's got to move forward with it. And I do get the sense that the Modi government has made a, an effort, but there are still the issues of the FDI cap that continue to dominate the headlines. And, and so it, it, it's, it'll, be, it'll be slow going, but there's definitely great potential in India. Yeah, because my government is trying its best to get the best technology in the country. And so, they, you know, this is something new that they're doing. So they are, I think they're being very, very careful and they're taking, you know, baby steps. Maybe we find them, maybe we find them very slow, but they are in the right direction. You know, they are doing the no right doubt. thing. I think one of the things you see in other countries when they're growing their defense industry is they concentrate on select areas, whether it's defense electronics, UAVs, or shipbuilding. And India is, is because it's such a large nation and has so many, um, it, it has a full spectrum military with broad, vast requirements, they're, they're covering a lot of ground. And that's that can be very difficult. Um, so, starting that initiative um, that you had mentioned and, and concentrating on a few select areas might be a good first step. Oh, okay. So, how would a political alliance fit into the Indian defense export market? Will it be part of the export strategy? I don't know because India's always been very careful to 
remain independent and have a hands-off foreign policy, and it served them well at times in that region. And with China becoming demonstrably more aggressive, I don't really think they need to alter that approach because by nature, the the, the countries that feel vulnerable will cluster around each other in a self-preservation instinct. And I I think India has very um, productive relations with the Near East, uh, or the Middle East as it's also referred to. And one thing that someone buying from India might consider is that there usually is no politics hovering over a defense deal, whereas when you buy from the United States, there usually is politics involved. Um, We've seen Chinese defense exports grow in the past uh, five to ten years, and one reason for that is, is buyers do not have to worry about political ramifications. There's no tie there. Um, so it, 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 I think India having warm relations with much of its immediate region and the world serves it well in that regard. So in your mind, what, what are some of the obstacles to India becoming self-reliant and building a defense export industry? I would say, once again, um, the limitations on foreign foreign direct investment, um, improving their R&D, because what product line will India offer you as a buyer? What can they provide that's either better technological-wise or of near competitive features but at a cheaper price than, say, the United States, Russia, or um, France can offer on the the defense export market. Um, We've seen uh, reports that Egypt and Sri Lanka are interested in the Tejas, but they're still in um, final clearance for the Indian Air Force on such a product. So they have to have a product that they see is both economical and necessary to what their aims are as a military. And India has to scan the horizon and go, what are the markets out there that we can appeal to and build out from there? Um, It's going to be tough to compete with uh, German, French, American design in the short term for certain. Um, But this is still an evolving market in in the very early stages of evolution and the first thing they have to do is is make quality products find the markets they want to sell to cement themselves in that marketplace and then prove to the buyer that they can provide after sales support um a, a supply chain of spare parts and upgrade modernization um refits those were all steps into becoming a trusted defense vendor. Yeah, because uh, this reminds me of the recent incident with the Ecuadorian Air Force, uh, where uh, where we have se- uh, where we have sold our um, indigenous advanced light helicopter, the Drove. 
Right, exactly. So there are a lot of issues with that, though of course uh, the Hindustan Aeronautics Limited has recently dispatched a team there and they're uh, offering to service the three helicopters that are left and uh, free of cost or something. That's the deal that they're trying to make with them. And I believe they've had problems with the Dhruv on the Indian military side as well. There have been a lot of um, accidents, I believe. Yes, they had, but you know, uh, maybe we are lucky because the Dhruv actually played a very major role uh, in a lot of rescue operations within the country. And it even went up to Nepal for the when the Nep- uh, Nepalese uh, people had this earthquake situation where Dhruv was sent for rescue missions. So Dhruv ha- has actually performed very well on this side of the globe. And I really don't understand what has happened when it went to Ecuador. But uh, yes, that's a bad example to give because that's really a good, you know, that was one of the major deals that we had signed in that region. And, you know, the rest of the countries in the region were very keen to buy it from us. Now it seems that they have, you know, changed their mind. So that's a bad example to give from from my side. But yes, that's important to know that, like you said, we should be able to convince the buyer the kind of after-sales service we can provide, no matter what we are selling them. Right, because it it becomes a test case for other interested buyers. They can look at that and go, well, what happened there in that market? Was it something of Ecuador's doing, um, or was it something with after-sales support or the product itself? Um, I would think that Indian companies and the, and the Indian government would also begin to push their wares on at international air shows and defense expositions um, outside of India's borders. That's another step that they can take uh, to increase volume of export or interest in potential buyers. What really surprises me is that they are selling the, uh, you know, they're trying, uh, I have been across recently to uh, several, you know, countries in the South, uh, in South America, and I have met a lot of people and they all want to buy this Brahmos cruise missile from India, which is in Indo-Russian joint venture, but uh, for some odd reason, India is not able to make that sale for some reason, you know, for very odd reason. I mean, I, I have not understood because this joint venture happened with this condition that after it ful- fulfills the Indian Armed Forces demands, it can be exported. So, like you said, there should be a clear policy as well. Right. Well, the Indian government has to spearhead that. Um and and have clear lines of what they will do to support local industry in their export efforts. Will they market on their behalf? Will they put political weight behind it? Uh, the U.S. government has, the Pentagon has its foreign military sales program, which is a government-to-government direct agreement, and it's seen as very transparent, and a lot of foreign purchasers like that. 
in fact you know i was rather surprised in uh, my several trips to south america because that's a region i'm really passionate about i uh, there's only one indian defense sme in that region it's it's called the mku private limited which is into body armors and helmets and other um, homeland security stuff and they are the only ones there and they told me and and I, when i came back to india and i asked them they said because this government has been really encouraging them and the government has been pushing all the you know uh, indian missions globally to encourage private companies to sell their products uh, you know to export their products overseas so like you said maybe this is one of the things that the government is already doing right i i yeah I, i they must explore the possibility of opening up a, an office whose sole purpose is to um coordinate and promote india defense products on the export market okay so that about wraps it up this is huma siddiqui thank you for joining us for today's podcast on the indian defense environment thank you for joining us at forecast roundtable for more information on international aerospace and defense markets visit www.forecastinternational.com